Something's Brewing Podcast, episode 50. The Brendan Gaunts, Jonathan Sigalette, Clark Donatelli, Ninja Turtle, <laughs> add whoever you want for number 50. There have only been six guys on the Bruins of War, um, the number 50. But hey, as always, welcome back to the show. Um, brought to you in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And Nick is unfortunately not with us today. He has some family matters. But with us today is old friend, old co-host of the show. If you were listening to the show back like episodes one through five, you know Zach. So if you know Zach, you're an OG listener of the show. <laughs> Welcome back, Zach. How you doing? No, known as the fantasy draft era. <laughs> yes, yes, dude. It was it was uh, actually right around this time when we started the show. August, right around this time. Yeah, August August second was the first ever episode of the Something's Brewing no, podcast. Uh, it was that late in the summer, dude. I was thinking the same thing. I thought we started around July, but our first publishing yeah. date was August second. Yeah, but we must have been recording for a while because. I was trying to remember the stuff I was doing around that time to build around our schedule. And I feel like it was definitely in the middle of July. Dude, I, maybe that's when we started to plan it because it, the publishing date doesn't lie. Uh, and I know, I know that numbers we started, don't lie. <laughs> yeah, I know we started like right off the rip. We didn't have any practice episodes. We barely had an itinerary. We kind of still don't have an itinerary. We just go off the hop. Yeah, that's why the ratings are down. <laughs> dude hey well yeah there we go the first zach ringer but um dude so much has happened with the team since you know the last time you were on it was before before the season even started yeah, how, how, are, season. how are you feeling like uh, how are you feeling about the team i know you're the uh i know you're the fanboy of the bruins I, um <laughs> I, yeah, I, I like watching the Bruins and everything, but I know that, you know, you got, you got passionate, informed takes. So I want to hear from you right now. What do you, what do you feel about their direction? I kind of feel like it's directionless right now. Right now? No, I wouldn't say directionless. You, you look at the team right now. You, you still have Brad Marsh on for two more, two more years. at $6 million. The cap's going to go up. Um, see how he performs this season and where the team is going. And you can kind of make a decision on that. Um, JD is going to be a UFA or sorry, a free agent after this season. But look, you still got pasta locked up for eight more years. You got Zaka for four more seasons at four, seven, five. Can we, can we talk about the pasta thing real quick before we uh, keep going further? Sure. Because like you said, we have him for eight years. And maybe this is the name I'm pulling out the hat. Cause it's the team that beat us. Kachuk, right? Kachuk's on a, long-term deal as well relatively the same money i think right 
Yeah. And uh, no, I think Kachuk is making. I'll, I'll get right back to you on that, but keep going. Okay. But all right, yeah. So you you get a guy like Pasta, who say what you want. You can defend him on whether he's a good player or not till you're blue in the face. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I am going to say he's a one-dimensional player. Do you do you feel confident that that's now your cornerstone piece financially? Whether or not he's your cornerstone piece on the ice, financially he is your cornerstone piece. Are you happy that you build yourself around that? Or do you look at it like maybe there's a reason why a team whose cornerstone piece it, in a guy like Kachuk knocks you out the playoffs is because he's – he affects the game as an agitator on offense and on defense. And Pasta really only can score goals. So uh, that's a tough conversation because I think Kachuk is more of a playoff type player. He grinds. He'll get you through a regular season and he'll be one of your best players. But come playoff time, he plays a game that's needed for deep playoff runs. And that's where the difference is. Also, and isn't that what in, you play for? Yes, but in terms of the money as well, Pasta's making 11-5, Kachuk is making 9-5. But to go back on your point of him being the cornerstone, I still think McAvoy is your cornerstone. I think they're building this team out of the defense, but regardless, and you can chalk this up to maybe different philosophies between individuals, but I think in order to have a successful team and a successful, call it what you want, offensive powerhouse, forward group, whatever – I think you have to build that around your centers because that is the spine of your team. You go down the middle and I would personally, not that I'm upset, obviously I don't want this taken out of context, but not that I'm upset that we're paying posture that much money. It's more of, I wish that they would invest that kind of money in a center. And and they may. They may. We'll this see that. Is, this kind of goes to how I feel about it. I, as like an enjoyment, I enjoy Boston, watching Boston Nick. As a fan, I'm a fan of him because he's probably the most exciting player on our team. Uh, definitely a top five player, top three player on our team. So I'm not here to bash Pasta. And you had to sign him to the deal or else you're going to lose him for nothing. So I I don't mind that we have him locked up long-term like that. This is where I come from with it. I don't look him as unmovable. If you could find me a cornerstone center, like you said, that's your, that is your foundation of your team. If you came to me and you said, Hey, like we got a really, really good deal lined up with pick a name out of the hat of any of the centers that might be on the move looking for a big deal soon. We'll say um, S- Sebastian Ajo is a free agent next year. Although I think the Canes are going to lock him up anyways. I And I don't know if that's a guy that I'd move on from Pasta for. Oh, absolutely. Well, oh, no, no, no. Hey, but I, I, I just want to say, too, I don't, to I don't think either of us want to necessarily move on from Pasta, right? I, I want Pasta here for the full eight years. I'm happy he's here for 11, five, eight years. The cap is projected to go up $4 million next season. Um, you can make that that contract and the money that it's at will one day be – maybe it'll be two or three years where it's really, really valuable. But right now, it does push you against the cap. But if Bettman is right with the financials and the cap's going to go up, then that's going to be a good deal. It, it won't hurt your team you as say, much as it does would now. Would you say pasta's like uh, top 15 to top 30 play in the NHL? 
Oh, dude, I would argue he's top 10. Look at his you stats last year. Dude, listen to his stats last year. Okay. 82 but games, 82 games, you... 61 goals, 52 assists, 113 points. And then the, in the playoffs, seven all seven games he played, he had five goals, no assists. So that's definitely – you can knock right. that. But I'll let you say he's top 10. All right, so if you say he's top 10, then I'll, I'll throw a name out the hat. Let's just say for shits and gigs – uh, the Avalanche want to shake things up and move on from McKinnon. No, do you do it? You wouldn't. You wouldn't trade from McKinnon. From McKinnon. I mean, this is a complete hypothetical because that would never happen. But if that, is, yeah, because McKinnon can play center, and I think that's he's a more all-around so player than Pasta. So you're, that, that's my exact point: is you can find equal talent in the league, but the position takes priority. Like having an elite left right winger, like does it do that much for you? Because even dude, even look at like the Capitals, right? They won one cup with an elite right winger who might score the most goals of all time. Elite right winger, most goals of all time, one cup. So it's just like it goes to show, like you said, center is the most important thing. You have that money locked up into pasta. If you told me there was an opportunity for us to move him for even maybe a top. 15 to 20 center. So maybe the player is not as good, but he's a center. I would consider doing it because I think, especially with the void that's now being left from Krejci and Bergeron, I'll say Krejci definitely gone and I'll say Bergeron likely gone. All right. So let me ask you this though. Why, if you move on from that contract for a center, like you said, and like I said to complete hypotheticals, um, who's going to be playing your top wing spot. And then you got Marshawn retiring soon or at least aging and underperforming. Why move on from that future number one? Because I don't think that you, if I can get a number one center, I think it means more to me than having a number one winger or a number, even like, even I don't want to say he's a second number two winger, but he's your second line winger. Would you rather have a number one center or a second line winger? Because again, I find if you get a good center, they make up for an average winger so you could essentially make your team better in two ways now you have a better center and you're elevating a wing player on that line yeah but but who is that player bro go get like the the fucking louis erickson's the riley smiths of the world no bring those guys in if you have a real center you could do that okay so what's the okay let me ask you this question because you know here's the alternative you have a guy's like Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka is your number one and two centers with Postnor. That doesn't really make your team good. It doesn't. And if you want to tell me it does, you're in denial. I don't know, dude. I think I think you're in the minority in that. But before you go on, let me, okay. what's, what's I the was maximum? Wrong a lot last year, but I'm pretty <laughs> fucking sure I'm right about the fact that Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle are your one and two centers. You're not. You're not doing well. I said that on Twitter as well, and that will kind of lead us into this next topic too. Um, if you go into the season with Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka as your one and two C, which I don't think is going to happen. I think Bergeron is coming back. Um, but I, although I, I will say if he comes back, this comes is for sure his last too. season. No, he can't be a first-line center anymore. And that's not because Bergeron? he's not good. It's not because he's not good. 
Dude, Bergeron just had one of the best seasons ever, like in his I career. Know. And how how did that fucking work out in the first round of the playoffs? Did he not miss he was, three games? He was hurt, but that's a whole different. Dis- no, See, this is all. No, 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 hang on. No, no time out. This is all. Wait, 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 wait. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. But this is awesome because we're getting the perspective of your takes on this entire season because you haven't been on since the season started to the end. So we're getting all the perspective of, of, of you coming in fresh and raw with all these things. So we'll, we'll have a healthy discussion. Right, so, th- so this is what, this is what I'm saying. I don't think the talent's not there. I would never, Bergeron's my favorite Bruin of all time that I've personally watched. So Fucking, I don't know if we have old heads here, but don't get on me about fucking Ray Bork and Bobby Orr and shit like that. Uh, <laughs> did, Bergeron, you, did you just go at Ray Bork and Bobby Orr to start this tangent? No, no I'm just saying, like, I don't want someone being like, oh, but Bergeron's your favorite Bruin of all time. So Bergeron's my favorite Bruin of all time. And because you've watched said, him. Exactly. And with that being said, <laughs> it's not that the talent's not there. The guy's almost 40 years old. He can't play first line minutes. He probably, honestly, shouldn't play second line minutes, but you're not going to put him on the third line. You're not going to put him on the third line. You're not going to put him. Michael, he fucking (laughs) couldn't play for the entire meaningful stretch of games in the first round. Okay, no, 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 no. Then do you put that more on Bergeron's ability to stay healthy, or do you put that on the coaching staff and Montgomery on not sitting him down and saying, "Listen, this could be it. Why, you know, why it's go both. all the way? I mean, we I need you for the playoffs." Doesn't really make a that because the answer to that question doesn't make a difference. It's both. It's like, all right, the guy can't stay healthy, so he shouldn't be on the first line, and the coaching staff shouldn't be putting him on the first line. It's like either way, it's the same argument. The guy. Is talented enough to play first line. I mean, just he, he just wanted another selkie, right? Yes. Yeah. King. So the guy's obviously talented enough to play first line minutes as a center. He's not. If if he was thirty, I'd say fuck it. If he was thirty five, I'd say fuck it. Let him go out there. He's almost forty years old. His body broke down at the end of the season, and because of that, it, it shows in the. Results. A first right. round exit to the Florida Panthers. Then let me ask you this. If, if you personally, because I completely disagree with you, I think he's still a, a elite level talent. Um, but either way, before We're you go, before you go, no, but, but meaning, meaning I think he can still play and be reliable on that first line. But I, do what I'm, I thought you just said, no, I said the talent it has nothing to do with the talent. The talent is all there. His body can't hold up to that wear and tear anymore. Okay, how about this then? Would you be okay with um, Montgomery limiting his minutes? What's the fucking difference? You know what I'd rather do? Honestly, what might actually make it a little bit more fun is just swap the first lines and the second lines because Martian's also kind of getting into the wear and tear parts of his career. Like, Interesting. His, his hip, it wasn't his hip like a huge issue for him last year. Like he really didn't catch a rhythm at all last year. He went like 20-something games without scoring. I mean, he caught fire in the playoffs, but he's also like a kachuk. He's a fucking playoff guy. So like, disregard the playoffs. Look at your stats in the regular season. Maybe age-wise, these guys are just aging out of the first line. Like the talent's there. Is the stamina and the durability there anymore to be first-line guys? What if 
you now give your fucking $11 million a year player the first line in the first nine minutes, and you put whoever the hell you want up there with him. And then you got over there. I mean, they have not, they have not stopped playing lines together for their entire career. I think since 2015, there's a number out there. I don't have it off the top of my head. I just remember hearing it and being like, what the fuck? I, I think it goes back to like 2015. The amount of times that those guys have started on the same line is like 98%. Yep. If both of them are playing and them starting the game, it's like 98%. I'm, like they I'm, don't split them up. I might not be 100% correct on this, but I'm 99% sure. When Montgomery split them up in the playoffs, I believe that was the first time in their careers as they've been playing together that they'd been split up. I think playoffs. Because yes, I believe... Yes. Like, yeah, because I'm, I'm pretty sure, again... No, I think since 2015 because Bergeron and Martian did not skate on the same line in 2011 when they won the cup. Um, I don't think they did. Did they? I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that. I was too. I was too little, dude. I don't remember that much detail. I'm, I'm not going off because I remember. I'm just going off of assuming. Why are you skating a young guy with a veteran like that? Yeah, let's look it up. I'll look it up right now if you want to. <laughs> but I, I think. Um, I mean, the conversation, so your first line, if you bump the vets, we'll call them the vets, Marshawn, Bergeron, um, to the second line, then your first line is who? Zaka, Pasta, and then who's your left winger? Because I'm assuming, because you definitely have Zaka. Oh, shit, bro, you're right. You know what I, you know, (laughs) all right, quick blast in the past, then we'll get to that question. (laughs) First line, Krejci, Lucic, and Rich Peverly. Second line, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marsh, and Mark Recchi. Oh, what a line, dude. What a line that was. Dude, just looking at this, like, Caberly. <laughs> he was supposed to fix the power play, and he didn't. But, so- he, was, he, he was in there because, uh, actually, no, I don't know. Kadobin was on that team? No. Yeah. So scratches, Kadobin, Anton Kadobin was a scratch from, unless I'm looking at it. Yeah, game game five, June 10th, 2011. Scratches, Nathan Horan, concussion, Shane Hindendi, Camper, Karan, Barkowski, Arniel, Whitfield, Anton Kadobin. Oh, my God, you're right. Yeah, he was. He played one game that season. But I either way. I have no idea. I have no, no idea. <laughs> no, honestly, right, I didn't Go back to your question. So your first line. All right, so your first line is Pavel Zaka at your center. You got. On the right wing, you got Pasa. Yeah, I'm just thinking of left wing because obviously. Did you just throw Jakey D up there? Who? Jake DeBrusque. Did you, you throw Jake DeBrusque up there in the first line? All right, then who would be. Okay, I don't hate this so far. Who's and then your you do, second you do, line winger? You do Bergeron and Martian, and then do you throw... Like, you could look at JVR. You could. Or... I mean, dude, they got to sign somebody else. They can't, though. They, they have no money. That's the thing. Well, uh, all right, and, wait, and Jeremy Jeremy, Jeremy, Swayman, Jeremy Swayman and Trent Frederick are still RFAs. No, time out. This is what I've said <laughs> for a long time, not on the podcast, but to Michael. And it's happening. You guys already heard the rumors about it, and I've said it for a while because 
you can't honestly tell me that you see a huge talent gap between Jamie Swayman and I knew this uh, is where you're going. Yeah, and Lena Solmark. Lena Solmark is getting dealt before the season starts. You got to sell high on a guy like that. I I don't care to hear people telling me how good he is, and I just want a Vesna. Uh, Swayman and him don't have a huge talent gap. They, I agree with that, but I don't think they're going to move them. I think they're going to roll Omar and Swayman again, and they're going to find a way that, to do it. If they do that, that's a huge mistake. Huge mistake. Why roll two goalies when you can roll one goalie and you can make your team better in front of the goalie? It's stupid. Dude, get that fucking bussy kid up here to back up I was going to say. It goes back to everything I said fucking last year. <laughs> Why are you spending so much money on your goalies? Like, I don't give a shit that I was wrong statistically. Like, the kid had a fucking amazing season. He won a Vesna. But one of, one of the best seasons of all time from a goalie. Yeah, but, like, honestly, <laughs> honestly. Like, again, I'm wrong statistically. He scored, he scored a goal. He scored a goal. <laughs> Not many goalies do that, Zach. Sick. Hey. <laughs> what happened in the playoffs? Did we win the playoff? Did we win the first round? All no, right, we then won let, the first round, right? Let me ask you a question. Oh, no. He shit his fucking <laughs> pants and was hurt, and the coach kept rolling him out there. It was – So I'm not going to blame yeah. him because he was hurt. But, again, it's like I don't like how much pride this city has been taking, and it's not just with fucking <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? All right, well, time out. Before we even go there. No, I just what don't would like you, how much pr- Pride the city has been taken with regular season success. Okay. I, all right. That's actually fair. But you said trade Linus Olmark. What are you trading him for? Because right now, with, with Swayman and Frederick as RFAs, you have about $4.8 million in dead money. Um, you got Frederick to sign, Bergeron to sign, Swayman to sign. Can um, I throw out a rumor that I heard? Sure. A rumor that I heard on the sports club. Uh, oh, so it's out. not true. I mean, it's probably not, but I mean, shout there, there was shout out, who, shout out, shout out, who? shout out, Felgram as. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, all right, let's hear it. No, no, but no, for real. Um, oh boy, I'll I will throw this out there as maybe <laughs> the thermostat for the trade market on Lena Solmark. Okay, uh, the the Oilers. What is been this? interested in sending Nugent Hopkins for Lena <laughs> No, I'm t- that's I think that was first reported what like two months ago. Uh, I don't no, it was reported literally like a week before um, the draft. So it was a month I, and a half ago. I think if that was going to happen, that would have already happened. I, I I think they're gonna maintain this. So tandem. I don't think you I don't think you get Lena uh, Lena Stark so, swap. But, but what you're saying is you would trade Allmark I'm for a saying, center. I'm saying there's a value out there for Lena Solmark, and yes, I would trade him for a center. Yeah. However, right, well, that's fair. I also have heard. I forget where I heard this. <laughs> you got the that, sources. <laughs> no, Swayman wants to get back closer to Alaska. I've actually and heard Calgary, that as well. And Calgary is interested in a goalie. So that doesn't necessarily clear you up any cap space. But if you can finagle the cap and you can work out a deal, you could maybe move Swayman and you keep Omar and you find yourself a center or 
a defenseman. I don't need more wingers. Buy me a center or a defenseman. Ideally, so, you know what I'd like to do? If you so move wait, wait, Swayman, no. How about you move uh, Lindholm off the books too so you free up some money? No, 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 no. See, no, this, no, is no, where, no, 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 this is no. this is where no, your radio miss, perspective no, no, comes I missed, in. I missed, <laughs> I missed my, no, no, I missed my opportunity there. All right. Because it, Redeem yourself. <laughs> no, I because I wanted to talk about this as well. Okay. How much of a failure this offseason has been so far. What? This is now on Bertuzzi <laughs> and Orlov. You didn't, maybe you didn't have to get both of them. You had to get one of them, and you got none of them. And honestly, like they, if you could have sold me. I'm not saying that Lindholm is worse than Orlov. But you could have sold me on, hey, we just freed up a shit ton of money on the Lindholm contract. We signed Orlov for $4 million of what? That $6 million, $7 million that Lindholm's getting paid? Now we got three million dollars to play around with. Time out before you go on. Orlov's free agency deal this year was it was ridiculous. Um, it was seven seven five, so you couldn't get him at four. You would not be able to get him at four if he's Wait, getting he's seven seven five. Seven years? No, 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 no. He, seven point seven five million. He's um. Yeah, but it was like what a two year deal. He is signed for two years, correct? Yeah. What if you offer him four, and you give him four a year? So. I guess the money still isn't even out because he's getting he's getting fourteen and you'd only be getting him. No, you would give him sixteen. You're offering him sixteen over four. I know the average annual value on that isn't as great, but at the end of this contract, is someone really gonna want to pay him more than a million dollars a year? He's gonna get the veteran minimum after that anyways. So you you would rather have Orlov than Lindholm? Uh He's thinking. From, no, because I want to say this the right way because I, I know I already have a reputation on the show. <laughs> you're the you're the you're like the average fan that comes in and and no, know. I just don't like the way that Lindholm has played two years in a row in the playoffs. Two years in a row this in the year, playoffs. This year you had a broken foot. Do you believe that? Yes. I don't know if I do. <laughs> All right, ninety-eight five. I'm gonna start calling you ninety-eight five. <laughs> no, it's not even that. It doesn't have to do with that. It just, <laughs> I, I just feel like part of them has uh, this issue with. I feel like they really fall in love with their own players. We do, but I, I think that also not as help- fans. I'm saying management falls in love with their own players. Hmm. Like who? Give me another example. Well, Pasternak, again, not saying the contract but, was bad, but they fell in love with him. No, but Pasta, uh, I fell in love with Pasta too. I think I think everybody fell in love with Pasta. You love Pasta. Well, like, no, I do. I'm, and again, like we're fans. We are supposed to love these guys, and we're supposed to never want to see them move. But sometimes you need to break up the band to win the title, and a lot of teams elsewhere have done that. Uh, I'm trying to think. I can't necessarily think of anything NHL related because I don't you follow say, the NHL that you, closely. You could say but, Ottawa when they dealt off Spezza, McCulloch, Felino, that young group, and now look at them. Sure. Now they're and finally didn't, didn't getting Vegas, good again. Didn't Vegas just trade Pacioretty and a bunch of other guys? And they yeah, but Patri- yeah, but Pacioretty's been hurt. Um, they have a solid core. They're deep through and through. Did they trade Stone or did they trade Forrest Stone? 
They they trade four star. They also ha- they also have Eichel. They're nasty. Yeah. They're nasty. They've they, always they been nasty. nasty. <laughs> All right. So here's here's my because uh, I'm more of an NBA guy when it comes to no, not. Like, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Like I would rather watch the Bruins than watch the Celtics, but knowing the entire league, I'd rather know the. So maybe it's because there's only five players on each team you need to know about in the NBA, and there's like 15 players on each NHL team that you need to know out. Like I would rather watch the Bruins than I would watch the Celtics. But NBA wise, follow the league as a whole more. Well, the, so the, the my- NBA like socially is more in your face anyway. So like I don't watch the NBA at all, and I could still probably name at least 10 or 15 players just yeah, because. And, so this, and this is where I was going to come from the NBA. As, and it's the example with the Bruins. Like, again, our job as fans is to love these guys and we never want to see them leave. Your job as a general man- manager is maybe to see if there's better talent out there and start shipping some guys out and bringing some guys in. I'm not smart enough or, you know, an evaluator to know who's, who's the person that you should be doing that for. But what I do know is that we've only won one cup in 12 years with probably a top three team. In the in the past ten years, the Bruins have the best regular season percentage out of all thirty-two. And we have nothing to show for it besides one cup in twenty eleven. That honestly was probably a fluke cup. But anyways, if, uh, yeah. I mean, dude, <laughs> Tamar DeRozan was the Toronto Raptors' face of the franchise. He brought that team out of the abyss of irrelevance they were number one i think twice in his time there absolute fan favorite they traded him i think they traded him with a couple pieces to get Kawhi leonard and danny green they immediately won a cup the next year and they only had Kawhi leonard for that one year and they've fallen back into Maybe not the abyss of irrelevance, <laughs> See, but, but at least, at least into mediocrity. And but do you want to be that team that's mediocre? I see you what you're be saying team because it's knocked out in the first round. I I, I, I understand your argument. How much fun did you have watching this year the, in the NHL playoffs? I had zero fun, zero fucking fun because I was like, you know what I did. Once we got knocked out, I shipped all my fucking money on the Florida Panthers to win the cup. Because I was like, at least someone fucking wants it. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I see your point. I just I, – I, I, I don't know. I don't think you'd do that. But either way, I want your opinion on this too. So, obviously, it's still relatively fresh news with the Bruins, but – just since you're here, I want your opinion on it. Obviously, being the older guy, you remember more of his prime with the team than, you know, some some listeners may. But Milan Lucic comes back to the team one year, uh, one million dollars. Do you love, love it? it? Yeah, it. tell me Again, your thoughts. Listen, I'm the fan. I'm not the GM. I fucking love it. I love it, dude. Let's get the Let's most, get the most, the most unsurprising take in something's brewed history. But I'm with you too. I'm with you. Let's get some nostalgia rolling. Let's get the boys out there. So this is what I heard. I heard that they wanted to bring someone in to protect Fabian Lysel when he comes up. 
So which means he's skating fourth line probably. If Lysel moves up to third line, that means he's moving up to third line. But basically what they wanted to do is uh, find a guy that could protect Lysel. So Lysel doesn't get like any cheap shots or anything taken at him. And, dude, this guy could go out there and score <laughs> one fucking goal all season. <laughs> as long as he gets into 10 fights. I'll be like, that's my boy. You guys so- – I remember having a Milan Lucic fucking sweater, like legitimate sweater. So it was a, um, it was a jersey lookalike sweatshirt. Yeah, I found it. It was sitting <laughs> in my history teacher, Miss Johnson's class, for like three weeks. And eventually, I went up to her and was like, "Is this anybody's?" And she's like, "No, it's just been sitting there. Do you want it?" I was like, "Yeah, I definitely do." So I took it. None of it was mine. And I wore that forever. Then he left, and I fucking got rid of it. And now I'm like, the guy's back, and I don't have the fucking sweater. Well, you can see behind me, dude. Look at the jersey I have hanging up. That's what I'm saying, dude. You have all the has-beens. <laughs> this, kid, this kid lives in the past. Mark, <laughs> Mark calls me Captain Nostalgia, so that should just tell you right away. But So you said if he gets one goal, you'll be happy? Um, no, I say if he gets one goal and then ten fights, I'll be happy. Oh yeah, yeah, all right. Well, yeah, it all depends on the fights. But I mean, one, let's two, be three, honest. Four. We're not bringing him here. We're not bringing them in here to score goals. No, We're not, not at bringing all. them in here to get if, points. If you are, you're absolutely screwed. It's everything that we've been missing. All the way back like, to that blue series, we have no fucking edge, dude. Yep, I like, agree. I a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people agree with you. How can you be so tough and play hockey and have no fucking edge? Like, those are some of the toughest motherfuckers on the planet. Like, I'll put them on the same level as MMA fighters, and you have no fucking edge. It's fair. Like, over, okay, over under 10 goals for Lucic this season. Under, dog. Under. <laughs> under. He's only done it twice in the past five years. Is that a prop bet? Is that on FanDuel? No, I, I just FanDuel right now and throw that in. <laughs> hey, that, that reminds me. Um, don't forget, go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. Get your benefits. Get your rewards. Bet on the over-under of Lucic's goal total this season. <laughs> but I'm setting it at 10. 10 and a half. People, if, it, if it's five and a half, hammer the under. I bet you it's – you know what? I bet you it's at five and a half. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm actually interested if they have that lineup already. But – um. With Lucic back on the team, it not only does it, you know, like you said, address some of the um, lack of edge that this team has, that people will argue till they're blue to the face, both sides, teams still need it, teams still don't, or sorry, teams still need it, teams don't need it anymore. I'm on the side of t- teams still need at least a little bit of an edge. Otherwise, like we saw this year, come playoff time, you're going to get pushed around by guys like Matt Kachuk. So, Lucic addresses that to a degree. I still think the way that he does it is a little bit archaic and it's getting out of the league because he doesn't have that offensive touch to his game anymore. He's slow as shit. But what's your other option to play that role? Do you want Frederick doing that? Probably not. Do you want Greer doing that? Maybe, but I mean, you know, Lucic is a better agitator than Greer. And you know who we need, and I, I did, I've never, and he's been in the league for a very long time. And this guy will just show you where my NHL knowledge is. We need a guy like Gudis. Like I, I never noticed him. I never knew who he was. But I watched that playoff series and I was like, who is this guy? 
he is fucking hammering dudes out there. And, like, you'll never hear him in the top 10, top 20 defenseman conversations, but he absolutely dictates a game. Because, like, guys just getting fucking bodied by this dude. I'm sorry, who are you talking about? Gudis. Gudis, yes, 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 yes. Like, he just signed a big contract a in Anaheim. Yeah, I saw that. That's the guy you need. You need a guy that's going to come out there and fucking lay the wood like that, and we don't have it. Like, yeah. like you said, Lucic is a tough guy, and he's not necessarily an instigator but an enforcer. But you need you need a tone setter, and we don't have a tone setter. Orlov was the closest thing on defense that we had to a tone setter, and he wasn't even a tone setter. But he was because who would you say I mean, right he, now? Who do you think on our defense, our defensive lineups as they stand currently? McAvoy, Grizzlick, Carlo Lindholm. Give it to that bum. Grizzlick and Carlo, one of those has to go. Forbert and Shattenkirk. That's our defensive oh, unit. Oh, right I now. forgot I love Shattenkirk. So, who do you think the tone setter currently on the defensive unit is? It's got to be McAvoy. still skate. He's not as not. He's not the player he used to be. Same thing as Lucic, veteran guy. You brought him in because he's cheap so, and, and there's so potential. He can't, he, he can't skate. I mean, I'll, I'll look up his stats I, I don't, right now. If he doesn't, I don't need him to get points. I don't need him to have, like, stick skills. Can he still skate and lay the wood? Because I'd say Shattenkirk would be our tone setter if he can still skate. I mean, last season, he was – it's tough to gauge. I'm trying to find his time on ice right now for you. Um, you spot me his hits. What's right, his from last year? Time on ice this season – this or I'm sorry, this past season he was averaging 19 minutes and 18 seconds. So that's a that's still a lot that's of. That's um, Yeah, that's up there. He's skating for sure. He had 79 hits last year. Um, actually, his third highest total in his career for hits, and 115 blocks, and that's his second highest total in his career. So he's it's it's not like he's slouching out there he's still playing he's got 13 years in the nhl for him to put up his his top three and hits and top three and shot blocks probably goes a little bit to um his time playing in anaheim and the fact that they absolutely stink and they and he's like the only real defenseman on that team but it's still encouraging granted he is um 34 years old 35 in january but He's still logging relatively good minutes, playing hard defensively. And I wouldn't look at his plus minus for the season. He was minus 20, but Anaheim was not good at all. So if you're a defenseman on a crappy team, those numbers are bound to kind of deflate a little bit. But I, I wouldn't argue that he's the tone setter. I would argue McAvoy. How can you not go McAvoy? You know, he number one guy. He plays heavy sometimes. He's an offensive producer, and he's What's your anchor on the back end. He plays heavy sometimes. Sometimes, correct. Yeah. I want he's, my he's, still, he's still I young, though. Think, like you just said, like, you, you asked me who do you think I'd, would be the tone center. I think it would be Shad and Kirk after hearing the names on the team. I don't think that makes you a good team as far as tone setting goes. And I, I just don't think that our team has okay uh, a, a tone set. Like, I need a guy that's out there. Tem- like, wait, every, wait, shift, wait. every shift that he's out there, he's fucking laying the wood. All right, so what when you say tone setter – what tone are you looking for your defenseman to set? What is the tone you're looking for? Offense, defense, physicality, yeah, um, don't breakouts. Get you're getting your fucking head taken off. And I don't need I don't need dirty cheap shots. 
Uh, like a guy like Gudis, dude. Just absolutely shoulder to chest a guy. Like, can you shoulder to chest a guy for me? Because that's what this team is missing. Okay, so I'm looking right now. Um, Shannon Kirk had 79 hits, 113 blocks, I believe. We look at McAvoy, who I'm arguing is a tone setter. He had, let's see, bah, 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 bah. he had 84 hits, so more than Shattenkirk, and he also had 131 blocks, also more than Shattenkirk. <laughs> As Zach rips the cigarette outside, <laughs> kid brought the iPad out back onto the deck. But um, more hits by McAvoy, more blocks by McAvoy. I'm not trying to turn this argument to who I think is better because obviously McAvoy is better. I, I agree with you. I think he's our best player on the team right now in our cornerstone piece. All I'm saying is we need a guy that comes on the ice and sets the tone the entire game. I feel like this team has been soft for about six years now. And I feel like we need to find someone that – and I'm not talking fights. We already found that in Forza now. We got Lucic back. He can get into fights. We need to find someone that wants to come out here, skate hard, and lay bodies out. And do like it the you, right way. Don't do not do it in a way where you, like, you know, you miss your hit and the guy scores a goal. Like, I want a sound <laughs> defenseman that leaves everyone in front of him. But as they're coming over the middle or they're coming up the boards, they get their body. I agree with you, with you to – the point that that's what the team is missing. I don't know if Shattenkirk is going to be the guy to do that. I don't think he is. You just asked me. All you asked me is who's the enforcer. And that's not the enforcer. Who's the guy that lays the wood in? It's probably Shattenkirk this year. So now you look at this. Like you said, you want a guy who wants to be out there and he's throwing body. Lucic was very open about wanting to be here. And I think that's the thing that I like the most about the signing is that he doesn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't want to be. So he's bringing that energy into the room. He's going to, I'm telling you, he's going to come into the garden opening night and he is going to have the best game of his career. I guarantee it. The best Patrick game of his career. Game. I'm like, there goes my under bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, those are newsflash. That's the only goals he scores all season. But <laughs> <laughs> but opening night too, um, and our, our buddy Brett brought this up. How do they not open the season? The opening forward line, Bergeron, Marshawn, Lucic, just for the opening draw to open the season. I would love it. Do it. You're right. You got to you gotta, you gotta do it. Let's get Recky out here. Let's get Recky back out of retirement. Yeah, move over. Yeah, Omar, I'm, I'm Tim down. Thomas is coming back. Yeah, Captain Nostalgia. I'm all about it. <laughs> Bring him back. No, but really, like, this team, though, is has been, like, we used to be known as the Big Bad Bruins. When was the last time you heard anyone call us the Big Bad Bruins? We're not. <laughs> We're not. We're not. And I know the game is passing it by a little bit, but you, you got to look at all the teams that make deep runs in the playoffs are really fucking tough teams. Yeah. Like all. Of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. That's why there's still value for guys. Like, I don't know. That's like, why Toronto like, can't get out the first round. Well, yeah, but now they have Ryan Reeves. An interesting thing also brought up by Brett Howard. Um, Reeves and Lucic have never fought. That's that, and They're you're fighting. talking. You're, t- you're talking Toronto, Boston, Reeves, Lucic, round one. 
it's gonna be it's gonna be a yeah, hell of a fight. Be the type of fight that gets crowd they get into crowd fight each other. <laughs> yeah, literally, that's gonna create the real <laughs> rivalry. Some drunk guy up in the three hundred pounding out a Toronto fan. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna see him on Fox three five in the morning. Just the <laughs> good morning, America. Like Thirteen fights broke out in the three hundreds at the Garden last night. <laughs> Immediately after Reeves and Lucci's dropped the gloves. Dude, but but that would be absolutely electric. But but like you said, like like I was kind of saying, like um, there's still a role and value for guys like that in the league. Why do you think Lucic is still playing? He stinks. Like as a as <laughs> as like a off, as an offensive producing player and somebody who you can like rely on to play a lot of minutes. He's not. He's not there. Ryan Reeves, the same thing. But you still Ryan see him Reeves, bouncing around. He was young. Never right. had a role on a team to score points. No, Dude. you're right. Like, they, but there's right. always a reason for those guys, and I think that is a reason why uh, this team has had shortcomings. And it's not just Lucic isn't going to solve it. There's just there's not a toughness. There's not an edge to this team when it comes to um, physical engagement. Like they're tough as shit, dude. Like Bergeron, Lindholm, they're all playing through it with all these injuries and stuff. It's just that we need somebody that's gonna on the ice in the game during game flow that's gonna dictate how another team wants to play, and we don't right. have that. Because you're not looking for Bergeron to start throwing the body and playing that kind of role, not at all. That's not the type of player he is. You wouldn't want that out of him. Um, Marshawn, I mean, he's more of an agitator than like a big hitter at tones. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and outside of that, I mean, you got AJ Greer, you got Trent Frederick, but I think he shies away from that role or he, he would prefer not to play that role as much as at least Bruce Cassidy wanted him to. You, you're right. There's not that guy. But before we get too deep into it, I kind of want to move into this next, um, I'll say segment. So looking at the team as it is right now, and assuming that the Bruins find a way, to, or not find a way, but assuming that Bergeron comes back and he wants to play one more season, what your lines are looking at like right now, as they are set up, I'm, I'm going off of Bruins cap space on Twitter. You got Marchand, Bergeron, DeBrusque, Van Riemsdyk, Zaka, Pasta, Frederick, Coyle, Lauko, Lucic, Geeky, Brown. Defensively, they have. All right, go ahead. I just want to go through the whole team real quick. Defensively, Lindholm, McAvoy, or I'm sorry, Grizzlick, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Forbert, Shattenkirk with Zaboral and Mitchell scratch, and then you got Allmark and presuming that Swayman gets signed. Stacking that team up against this division right now is how do you see that team finishing? Because you've got a team, obviously Tampa Bay. Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman, Sergachev, Point, uh, Vasilevsky. So they're they're always going to be there. You got the Toronto Maple Leafs, Bertuzzi, Matthews, Marner, potentially Nylander. Um, this this division is so stacked. It's by far and away the best division in hockey. You got Buff or I'll go Florida, Kachuk, Barkov, Montour, Bobrovsky, Knight, all deep. You got Detroit, and then you got Buffalo and Ottawa, who are these young teams who are hungry and they're good, especially Buffalo. You got guys like Thompson, Skinner, Alex Tuck, Dylan Cousins, 
um, JJ Paterka, Jack Quinn, Owen Power, Rosmus Dahlin, uh, Connor Clifton. And then you got this young goalie who had one of the greatest college seasons of all time, Devin Levi out of Northeastern, to come into B, uh, uh, to come into Buffalo and take over hey, the number one role. Don't we have a – who's the kid from Ohio State that I hear about? Low that Okay. Low Do you think but, he finds in the uh, NHL ice time this year? Potentially. I, I think he'll get in depending on his preseason. If he has a strong preseason, you'll probably see him for maybe – couple games in the beginning and then if they like what they see maybe they keep him if they want him to work on his game more or contractually it's it's better for the team for him to skate in providence then you could see that too but then look at ottawa dude you got corpusalo in that now Giroux, stutzla brady kachuk um norris uh jacob chicker and thomas shabbat this division is stacked. And then and, and you have a, a healthy Montreal, Caulfield, Slavkovsky, Suzuki. Granted, they're probably still not going to make the playoffs and they're the worst yeah, team in the division. I, was say, I wouldn't really worry about them. I mean, I, I don't I mean last year I really thought this team was dead in the water and we just had the best regular season of all time. <laughs> so like I does my opinion fucking matter? Absolutely not. Um but I think Tampa's turning into maybe what the New England Patriots were towards the end of their uh, run, where we are in the playoffs going to still make some noise. But in the regular season, we might not lay on the fucking gas as much as we used to. So they might finish second or third in the division. Okay. Just playing for when we get into the playoffs, we can, we can make some noise. Tampa's got all the talent, but Tampa has the choking factor. Montreal has talent, but they don't have all the talent. Like they don't, no. they don't have enough for me to. Like I can still see us winning the Atlantic as long as we can get. As if Bergeron comes back, we can win the Atlantic. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So, so you see this team still as it is right now, assuming Frederick and uh, Swayman sign their RFA contracts. Bergeron comes back, and the team is that is it as it is right now. You competitive still enough where we're, we're not a wild card. So you still think they're top three? That's what I was going to say. So you still think they're top three in the division? Not a wild card. And stay healthy and everyone comes back less crazy. You could probably finish one or two. Okay. And only finish out behind maybe by like six points if you if you miss one. So you, so you know how the NHL playoffs work. Three teams, the top three teams in the Metro and the Atlantic – make the playoffs um, in the Eastern Conference, and then there's two wild cards. Do you think both of the wild cards come out of the Atlantic, or do you think – yeah, do, do you think that both wild card teams come out of the Atlantic? All right, so I'm just going to go through the names of the teams that I think are like shoe-ins for the playoffs. Okay. Rangers. Okay, so that's one Metro. Hurricanes. Two Metro. I can't see the Panthers not staying on the gas. Okay, so that's one Atlantic team. Staying in Florida, Tampa. Two Atlantic teams. Toronto and Boston. Four Atlantic teams. Devils. Okay, so four Metro, four Atlantic. I don't think I named eight teams. I think I named seven. You said out of the out of the metro. You said Carolina Rangers Devils. Okay, yes, you are missing one more. So right now you're four Atlantic, three Metro. 
And that so last who gets spot, that final eighth spot in no particular order? Can I just say names I think it contend for it, and I don't know if they'd get that. Okay. I think Pittsburgh can bounce back. Okay. Because they still they still have Malkin and Crosby. I can't see them being shit for two years in a row with those two guys. They okay. might not make the playoffs, but I can't see them being as bad as they were last year. Uh, if Washington can stay healthy, because injuries were a big problem for them last year, if Washington can stay healthy, they could contend for that eighth spot. Uh, I I can't see the Flyers there right now with the way that no. team's constructed. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> um, what about Columbus? Columbus, they got Fantilli. They got a healthy Zach Wierenski coming back. You got um, Patrick Laine, Johnny Gaudreau. Columbus the- is a good Columbus is a good option to also contend for that eighth spot. Uh, bear with me. Give me one moment. I just want to look up who else I could think of there. Out, I do of, like those three teams that we just Out of the Atlantic, the teams you're missing right now, Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit. No, what? Detroit and Buffalo are in there too for that contending that for eighth spot. Really? You think Detroit? I only think of Detroit because you keep fucking telling me. No, dude, I keep telling you Buffalo. I think Detroit's going to be – I think they're going to miss – I like. I really like what that Tage Thompson kid's doing over there. Yeah, dude, him and Tuck yeah. together are so good. Yeah, just give me, just give me one minute. I'm looking yeah. it up right now. I, Let me look I'm gonna, up. I'm gonna say. Uh, so with me personally, I don't gamble during the summer. I really only gamble on hockey. But like, I'm, I don't for sure, I'm gonna be. There. Do you think the Islanders are there? Because I don't. No, but no, no. no. All right, then that's yeah. it. Then that's it. Those are all the two. So Pittsburgh, Washington. Um. I guess Columbus and Buffalo are going to contend for that eighth spot. Okay. But so I'm saying on, on FanDuel next season, hammer Buffalo early because they're going to be underdogs. I swear. This is the same guy that said <laughs> for like two years running, hammer the Rangers to win the cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to be fair though. Who had Florida may at least making it to the cup, but either way, um, at the so beginning we, of the season, not me, but after they knocked the Bruins out, I hammered them to win the cup. Oh yeah, I I, I think ninety percent of people who watch hockey did the same thing. To be honest with you, I was like, but, this is a team of destiny. What the fuck? Um, let's see here. All right, so so you think Bruins are a top three team in the division? Yeah, so, I don't think they. I don't think they're fighting for a wild card spot at all. Okay. Uh, I think they're fighting for one or two. Like I think that's exactly where they're at. I think that they could easily, easily win the division again if they have Bergeron come back. And if they don't, the only team that I see upsetting them is going to be uh, Toronto. Like I ideally, not ideally. I I see it be Bruins, Toronto, flipper flop, Tampa, one through three. All right, I, I, like think, that. I think Tampa, I think Tampa's in a spot where they're like, we don't need to go all out right now. We got the, we got the horses here that once the playoffs come, then we'll start riding them. That's fair. So, all right. So let's jump into the DMS here. Um, we got one from Brett Howard. Shout out to Brett only Bruins podcast. Uh, you can follow him at Brett Howard underscore. And this is actually a great question. 
Do you think Freddie prices himself out of Boston? And why is Thomas Tatar, Big Tuna, his replacement at one times one? Now, initially, I, I didn't look into Tatar too much, but he was he played with Jersey last year, 82 games, 48 points, plus 41. Um, he had three power play points, so he was getting the majority of those points five on five. That's not a bad option to replace Freddie. If you can't sign Freddie, it's going to suck to lose him for nothing, and he'll probably go to St. Louis, which is kind of – They'll sign him. Huh? They're going to sign him. They, but if they can't, and he prices himself out because he's going to make more money elsewhere, Thomas Tatar is an interesting, interesting, interesting replacement down on that third line. Imagine a third line of Coyle, Tatar, and Lauko. That um, is nasty. It is. I just think you're going to find it. One of the reasons why I have the complaint of this management, ownership, whatever, keeps the same guys going is because the same guys always want to stay here. Frederick's going to be one of those guys that wants to stay here. That's my I don't be- know, dude. I don't know if he has a choice to go to St. Louis and, and the Bruins – you know, don't want to match that money. I think he goes to St. Louis. I really do. He's from there. He's been vocal about like being, you know, like it would be cool to play there. And if it's an option for him, it might lean that way. And if you can, if, if, if he does go, like I said, it would suck to lose him for nothing, but, but, but Tatar, no, but, but Tatar would be a great, great, great replacement. If Bergeron comes back, Frederick comes back. I just think it's like this fraternity brotherhood thing. They're like, oh, Pledge Master's still here. Let's stay. <laughs> like, no, legit. Like, I, I just think that they, they have, uh, they have like this bond. And I think that bond does go away when Bergeron leaves. Uh, I, I think Bergeron might be the last, uh, the last placeholder of it. Right? It, it was, it was Chara for about 12 years and then it got passed on to Bergeron. So you're about to have maybe like 14 years of just this like I don't want to call it blind loyalty but just this bond that's created between these guys. It's like we don't leave we take cheaper deals and I think it'll be one of them because you know what he could honestly say that hey Bergeron's come back for two years I'll sign a two year deal and then when that's up I'll go to St. Louis. I think what what you were looking for is he represents the core. Like when you think about the Bruins, you think about Patrice Bergeron. Like he, Patrice Bergeron 100%. is the Bruins. Patrice yeah, Bergeron 100%. is the Bruins at this moment. So I see what you're saying. That's not a. That's not out of you know. It's not a crazy out of the ballpark take. Um, but if if he, I don't know, man. If he does, then Tatar is a great replacement. I actually love that. I don't mind that. Yeah, I don't mind. It's the same Tatar that was over at the Red Wings, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. Um, but what if you bring him back? Do we already have Tatar signed? No, 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 no. This this is a hypothetical. The DMs, okay. all hypotheticals. Okay. Because I was going to say, what do you do with Tatar if you sign Frederick and then he's still there? Like, oh, I, mean, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. If Either way. I just yeah. – I think that Frederick says. So this next question comes in from uh, what's going on. You can follow them on Twitter 
at Bakisi Petty. You spell that B A C I S I T P T E T T Y. Jesus Christ. But they say, is Coyle underappreciated by fans and is he more than a third line center? That is exactly what he is. And I think he's appropriately appreciated by fans. And if not, he might even be overrated by fans. I find him to be a. Um, I find him to be a good player in his role. I've historically I've seen every time you move him up and you try to make him to be the guy or a guy, it doesn't work. Playoffs different. Playoffs, so don't playoffs. tell me about the fucking playoffs because, like, I don't need my third line guy to be a playoff performer. I need my first line guy, my second line guy, my eleven million dollar a year player to be a playoff performer. Performer, my third you mean line offensive, guy, like offensive producer. Yeah, just in general, because I I know I've been like arguing about like uh, the the Kachuk and the Pasternak thing, where it's just like, hey, Kachuk just absolutely body bad people in the playoffs, and he showed up. That's when it mattered. But also, you're paying $11 million a year for that guy. So, like, when the playoffs come around, like, you want him to be there. And he might not be a top Coil? 15. No, no, I'm talking about, like, Kachuk. Like, he might not be oh, a top okay. 15, like, point guy in the league year in, year out. But he's still producing. Like, Coil doesn't produce at all. I don't. I don't think. But, but what you're saying is, I don't think that's what his role is. I think, for me personally, I think Coyle is an elite third line center on a Stanley Cup contending team. If you're yes. like a middle of the ground team, he's in your top six. That's what I think. Still yeah, a playoff I team, I think, that. but not but elite. Like that, are we? Like, do we? Does Boston play to be a middle ground team? No, we don't. So no. we don't want we don't want him on our first to second line. That's what I'm like saying. That's why I'm like we need to find a center. Like, have you shipped Pasternak out for a legitimate talent? Now I'm not shipping him out to get a bunch of ponies for a horse. I'm not shipping him out to clear up cap space. But if you told me like we can get a six swap, like this team has too many centers, and I'm not saying this situation exists in the NHL because I don't think it does. Well, we're like, hey, we get a sick center. This team has too many centers, and they're looking for a winger. Where are you going to get this sick first-line center for Postnick? Now it's sick first-line center, Bergeron, Coyle. You're looking really good, especially if you, like, slide that down just a little bit. With Bergeron going to second line, you got a center that's a little bit better than him playing first line. I don't – I see where you're coming from. Um but we'll we'll go we'll jump to this next one. Uh, this comes in from Frederick for MVP. Uh, follow them on Twitter at Frederick underscore MVP. How did Don get Kaiser, Bussy, and Di Pietro to sign one times league men? That's because they're going to be playing in Providence. Um, that's uh, again that supports the idea of them planning on going back to Allmark and Swayman. Um, but but if that doesn't work out, then you have Bussy at League Min, which is fine. I'm but, but telling they don't, you, they don't expect them to play big minutes. Starts, yeah, all right. So they don't expect them to play biz, big minutes. Uh, I'm not a general manager. I'm not on the phones or on the emails with all these guys. 
Well, I'm willing to bet. They're trying to field calls for one of those guys. Okay. Because they don't – when the playoffs come, you can't run two fucking guys out there. And we're not playing for regular season titles. So why am I running out Swayman and Omar 45 games, fucking 37 games? It makes no sense. How about I go find an established number one, I run him out there 50 games, and I run out of Bussy 32 games. And then the playoffs come – that guy runs it from beginning to end. Because they tried doing that with Omar. And what what was every single thing fucking fans said? Well, he hasn't played three games in a row since December. Then what the fuck are we putting him out there three games in a row for? Right, <laughs> right. Fuck that shit. It makes no sense. It doesn't. And I think that's why a lot of people were angry at the way that the coaching staff handled the playoffs because it made no sense. They went against everything that they – um you know, did all season. But uh, this next question comes in from Go Bees. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Boston Bruins. He said, how often, he said, how often do you see or hear a plane go by and wonder if Tim Thomas is flying that thing? So this is a little inside joke. If you're part of the Twitch streams, when we stream EASHL a couple of weeks ago, Tim Thomas was um, outed as a big plane guy. So, Actually, Zach, if you can picture Tim Thomas flying some sort of aerial vehicle, what do you think he flies? What kind of, what kind of, you know, what's he flying in the air? That fucking right wing patriot, a fucking fighter jet. <laughs> I see, dude, I see him as a blimp guy. You know the old, you know the old hood blimp that used to go by Fenway. Yeah, he's driving dude. that thing. No, dude, he's he's ripping. <laughs> He's ripping uh F what is it like an F fifteen like bomber. Dude, I can I can picture him in like an Apache helicopter. Dude, no, Apache helicopter. He's doing missions like Black Hawk down. <laughs> yes, dude. Yeah, Tim Thomas actually Tim Thomas actually retired from the NHL because he was a spec ops guy for the for the Air Force. Dude, the whole time he was a spy just getting Russian secrets from all the players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, the, the same person, uh, Boston Bruins, asked, who on the current Bruins roster would make the best USPS mail carrier? <laughs> who would be the best mailman on the team? <laughs> Shout out to him because I know he just got a job at the post office, so good luck with that, man. But, um, yeah, who would be the best mail carrier on the team? <laughs> best mailman on the team? Who's looking good in the blue? Who's looking good in the blue and slinging mail? It, I, for me, I think it, 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 if this was asked a couple weeks ago, I think I would have said Clifton just because he has, you know, the vibe of a mailman. I was going to say Jake DeBrusque. Jake DeBrusque could be a great mailman. <laughs> uh, he, he, he has that receding hairline of like a regular civilian that needs to like be stuffing mailboxes and you're like, hey, bud, what's up? This looks I'm like thinking, a regular guy. I'm thinking Jake DeBrusque is a good pick. I'm thinking like, hmm. Matt Grizzlick too. Matt Grizzlick could Jake be Jake DeBrusque looks like the guy that once he does his nine to five at the post office and punches out, he's getting bombed at the bar. Like, <laughs> I, I hate my life. <laughs> <laughs> I literally did that the other day. I'm a, I'm a mailman. <laughs> For those of you listening who don't know. But um, 
DeBrusque is a great courier. <laughs> yeah, I'm a courier. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm a, I'm a servant ever, of the city. If you ever wonder why your package didn't show up on time, it's probably me. Is Michael on your route? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry to our city. Um, but that's a good question. Like, it's basically like who looks like the most average person on the team. Like, who do you, DeBrusque. who could you see? Yeah, who could you see walking down the street and just be like, oh, he's that guy's probably just Sway a mailman. Swayman, I was thinking Sway too. Yeah, <laughs> Swayman or DeBrus. That's uh, yeah. Who looks the least like a like a mailman or regular civilian? I'm thinking Lucic. You can't have that guy bombing down your street <laughs> carrying a mailbag. I was just say Charlie McAvoy with his chipmunk cheeks. You're, like, you're, you're something. I don't know what dude, you are, but you're something. Dude, you would see Lucic walking down your neighborhood with like seven packages just like in his hand. <laughs> like, no, these are mine now they say amazon it's got to be something good it's mine yeah <laughs> yeah you're not fighting them for it but um so let's see here we did get another question this comes in from our guy bruins offseason mode ethan 2.0 known to the podcast shout out to him follow him on twitter at incredible mr e7 he asks us could you have imagined a Tim Thomas and Ray Emery duo. Um, he also said, who was one player, any timeline you wanted on the Bruins roster and why? He wanted Ray Emery. So that leans back to the thing. Imagine Thomas and Emery together. So I can take any former Bruin and throw them on what, this current team? No, no, no. You can. Who, who would you want most um, – in any timeline, any timeline, any player, who would you want on the Bruins roster? So we'll say any player from any timeline on this Bruins roster currently. I'm going to take a fucking lame answer, but Wayne Gretzky, what are we fucking doing here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can't do the obvious. You can't do Gretzky, Lemieux, um, or, you know, like Bobby or Gordie Howe. Anyone outside of that, thinking outside of the box a little bit. Because I liked his oh. pick with Ray Emery. Because that would have been right. cool. So, so I can just grab anyone? Anybody. And throw them on. You know I think it would be a fucking wicked good time on that 2011 Stanley Cup team just parting it up? Who? Biz. Biz. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be funny, actually. Anytime, any era, I like that. That's definitely outside the box. Here's what I'm going to say. All right, what do you got? Ty Domi. Ty Domi on the Bruins, dude. He would have been a legend. Okay. He's I, a legend I, I, already, but like he would have been like a top it. five Bruin all time. I don't hate it. Don't it would be it. sick. Like imagine, like, um, well, I'm just gonna put this player in his prime too. Imagine a line of like Bergeron. No, imagine a line of Krejci, Lucic, Domi, all in their primes. You know who I actually would like from a skill set perspective. Oh. I, I, this might be one of my favorite non-Bruins of all time. Pavel Dotsik. Mm. That's a great pick. Pavel I Datsuk. love Pavel Dotsik. Yeah, dude. Him on the Bruins, oh my god. I can still remember when I, – I, I don't remember if we got knocked out, but I was at a playoff game. I think it was early 20-teens, and we were playing Detroit. I forget what year it was. Um but I, I, I went to the playoff game and Datsuk scored this freaking sick breakaway goal. And I was like, oh, it's over. I was like, that was yeah, heartbreaking. I used to love from like NHL 
11 to NHL 15, I think it was, I would always play, if not the Bruins, is the Red Wings because of Pavel Dotsik. Mm-hmm. I loved Pavel Dotsik. I thought he had the softest hands in the NHL. Pavel, oh my God, yeah. Do you remember the movie had when he would like pull the puck back but keep skating and then he would just flip it over? It would literally the Datsuk. He would just flip it over like the goalie's shoulder because he'd commit too much. But now that we're talking about the Red Wings, dude, another player that I'm thinking of, Nicholas Cronwall. When he would just set guys up on the board. He just got Cronwall. He got crazy. He literally had like a term for his hits. He had a Cronwall. Verb. He had a fucking yeah. verb. He did. He did. Cronwall would be sick. I, I want to think of some more too because this is a fun question. Um, then we had to think about some other people. Yeah. Um, Brent let's Burns. See. That would be I would have loved to see Brent Burns or Eric Carlson, because I think this team missed out on having a number one defenseman for a very long time. And if you like, like think of 2013 Brent Burns or Eric Carlson on that team against the Blackhawks and how we would do. Oh my God, they would be disgusting. Like you fucking, you, you have your answer for fucking Seawall and um, Duncan Keith. Ooh, or you know Seabrook, who would be Seabrook, and Duncan Keith? You have your answer there now. You know who would be fun too is um, Martin St. Louis. Also, Ryan Getzlaff, I think, would have been a perfect Bruin. You could go down the list. Zetterberg, um, Alexander Semin would have been cool. Prime, prime, like. Crystal Tang would be a good brew. There's so many players that I wish. What a question. That was a great question. Do you have one more? Because I see you thinking. Yeah, I was actually going to say Vladimir Tarasenko in his prime. Tarasenko would. <sighs> yeah, dude. Damn. Do you have, do you want to add anything else to this episode? Or, or you, know, you know what? To close out this episode, I want your... Final take on the previous season and what your expectation is for this upcoming season. Expectation, not not per se like point total or whatever, but what do you expect from this team? My final take on the previous season was I was absolutely wrong. And I've already said that before on this podcast. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, they surprised me. And it was a fantastic season to watch and it got me really, really excited for the playoffs because I truly felt like going into this playoffs, there's absolutely no reason that we're going to lose and no reason that we should lose and that this is a Stanley Cup team. Uh, and I would say I probably fall victim to it too, just as much as all you other fans that probably listen to this podcast and all the other fans that root for Boston teams. We took too much merit and regular season success and we maybe even like celebrate it too much. And we just get our fucking shit kicked in in the first round. I don't care that we went to a game seven. The team that did what our team did to lose to an eight seed, that's getting your shit kicked in. So I find last season to be a complete disappointment. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people, and you probably know who the people I'm talking about, is there a lot of people that are going to look at my comment and be like, this guy fucking sucks. But no, <laughs> like, I value winning. I don't value 
fucking statistics. You had statistics. You didn't have a win. Okay. You can win a hundred and fucking eight games, but if that Red Sox team lost to the Dodgers, I'd say that team sucked. Sixteen and zero Patriots. No one really ever talks about them except when we say, "Hey, look how this team failed." Right. Same thing that's with this what- team. That's what the conversation is going to be in the future. Yeah, that team in the regular season was great, but God damn it, they choked. So I find last season to be ultimately a disappointment. Regular season, a complete surprise, and I loved tuning into every single game. Disappointment. Coming into this season, I actually like our chances of winning a Stanley Cup more because I don't think we're going to win a President's Trophy, and that makes our chances of winning a Stanley Cup even better. So we're probably going to come in, win about, I don't know, 110 points. Okay, that's a lot. That's a, that's a good first, season. Finish first or second in the division, and maybe make a run in the Cup. I but think if Bergeron comes back, if Bergeron comes back, this is a fucking ninety point team. If if Bergeron comes back, it's a ninety point team, or did you mean the opposite? If Bergeron comes back, that's how we get to one hundred and ten. If Bergeron doesn't come back, we are a ninety point team. Fair. All right. Well, with that being said, fiftieth um, episode of the Something's Brewing podcast. Um, Zach's return episode, the surprise return of Zach and his. I'm not even Zach anymore. You're 98.5. The return of 98.5. Zach Sullivan, my cousin. Nostalgia. <laughs> Dr. Nostalgia. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, hey, as always, thank you guys all for tuning in to episode 50. Um, for all you new listeners, Zach was the original host alongside Nick. Um, so to have him back is nice. It's fun. It's kind of a throwback to the past in um, <laughs> his takes. But if you want to hear what he was like on the first couple episodes, I think it's I think it's one through five where you were here. Um, but yeah, good to have him back. Good to have him back on the waves on the pod waves. Um, his takes are back. I was a little I was a little more dialed in this time than the past. <laughs> yeah, you were. You were. But um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, as as always, um, you know, let us know what you think about the episode. Should Zach come on more? Should he remain behind the scenes? Should he be the surprise guest every now and then? You never know when you're gonna get him. He's like a nice little so he's a surprise. You never know when he's coming on. But um, yeah, so so shout out to you guys for listening. Um, welcome back, Zach. And I want to remind everybody we are in partnership with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. You can follow our Twitter at Bruin Something. You can follow our Twitch on Twitch at Something's Bruin Podcast. Uh, me and me, Mel and Connor, we stream every Thursday night. I'm not sure if we're doing it this week. Um, that's still TBD, but um, yeah, go follow us there as well. Uh, we play some live EASHL games. It's fun. But outside of that, you can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And Zach is off of the bird, so he has no Twitter. But always welcome back. So with that being said, thank you for listening to episode 50 of the Something's Brewing podcast. And we'll catch you guys all next week.
Uh, this is gonna be a show. Welcome back. Welcome yeah. back. Yeah, let me let me let me load up on some. Uh... Bourbon. 